0: You're listening to Work Human Radio. And here's your host, Mike Wood. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Work Human Radio. I'm your guest host, Lori Rudiman. Today, we're talking about my favorite subject, men behaving badly, which is why I'm the guest host. And Mike Wood is not here with us today. And I have amazing, wonderful, strong women as my guests, and I will let them introduce themselves. Patty, why don't you say hi and tell us who you are?
1: Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Patty Fletcher. I'm a leadership futurist and workforce futurist and also a gender equity advocate. I've been focused in on this topic for, gosh, almost 20 years together with transformational leadership
0: where I help leaders change the world for the better. Thank you so much, Patty. How about you, Lauren? Who are you and what do you do?
2: (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm Lauren Zajac, and I have been an in-house counsel in technology for 20 years, and I have the pleasure of being the general counsel for GlobalForce for the past 11 years.
0: Oh my gosh, Lauren, you've probably seen it all. Oh, I have, I have. Quite a few things, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining us today. And our primary subject today is Me Too, because I personally feel that you cannot recognize great performance and reward people if your employees work in a hostile work environment. Patty, maybe you can get us started by answering my first question. I would like to know, what does the Me Too movement say about the current state of employee engagement?
1: This is a really good question, and I think those of us who've been paying attention to the the workplace for a long time have noticed there's been a pretty big distrust, especially since the market collapsed, right, between the people who work in a business and those who lead the business. And the truth is, I think it's been brought more to the surface because of the imbalance of power. Whenever something goes wrong like this in a pretty mass scale, people can't help but take a step back and say, why is this possible? Why could these things happen? Why could they be enabled? And so there's a real understanding now, number one, around the fact that Our talent economy is very, very different, right? I don't believe there's a shortage of talent. I believe there is a war for talent. And when people are looking to trust their leadership and they see that they can't, they know they can walk away, right? It's the job market. So there's a real understanding of the fact that now leaders are not leaders unless followers enable them to be. And when you understand that and you recognize the imbalance of power, I think there's a little bit of a shift on that mindset
0: and not being a victim to leadership. Interesting. Lauren, what's your take on that?
2: I agree. I think, uh, you know, especially being in-house and and sort of wearing my legal hat and and so necessarily being compliance-focused, my view is that this is a long time coming. Certainly in the corporate world, you see that, as you said, that imbalance, that distrust. I think, you know, it's great that this is happening, this movement to sort of further empower people to feel comfortable. I I, I think there's also a great synergy in what we do here at Global Force, Um, and I've been obviously here long enough to see the the long-term benefits of clients who build cultures and and use recognition as a tool to further things like, you know, diversity, inclusion, covering anti-harassment, and all of those compliance objectives. So I think that the time has come for this, and I think giving people a voice in a different way, giving people a comfort level to speak up is, where, where we need to be and that shift I think is a great thing.
0: Great, thank you both, really interesting answers. I think when we talk about the Me Too movement just socially among one another, we often talk about things that we don't necessarily name correctly. So what other issues mm-hmm. are getting conflated or included in the Me Too discussion? Do
1: you want me to start? Sure, great. Um, so this is a lot like other things over the last few years around this mm-hmm. topic, right? Pay gap gets conflated with benefits right. and maternity leave, right. right? And all of those things. And this is the same thing, right? Oh my goodness, how many people have come out and said this has happened to me and it's run the gamut, right? Whether it's a promotion or right? or right or really Absolutely. bad things. Yeah. And so it's all kind of related. Again, to that imbalance of power, and of course, we want to pile stuff on. There is a danger to that, though, and I'd love to hear your perspective, Lauren, about that. There's a danger when you have too many number one priorities. Mm. It's a problem. So I don't have an issue, for example, with the pay inequity piece being together because it's such it's an it's a natural
2: synergy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep.
1: absolutely. But I do wonder, you know. So I think I work a lot with HR departments, mm-hmm. right? A lot with leaders, and they too are bringing this all together and I I I don't know how that's going to play out I Mm -hmm. don't know if we're just going to go to the circle I don't know if folks like us and other people who are now paying attention right all of a sudden there's a whole group of people who are woke men and women I don't know what this is going to look like because if we keep piling it on and piling it on I'm afraid nothing's really going to happen we get distracted with the you know the kind of clouds
2: Agreed. I, I think, it, you know, the danger of having, I- as much as it's great to have this kind of issue be brought to the forefront, the danger is that it, that it conflates, as you said, too many issues. I, if To answer your specific question, I think the other thing that I'm seeing is a focus on language, especially in sort of the realm that I work in, um, how people are recognizing one another, the kinds of language that they use to either single someone out or say, job well done, people are, are sort of pausing to reflect on that, which I think is a good thing. The sort of potential negative impla- impact of that is, you know, are you reflecting too much? Are you holding back and not, are you somehow eroding this trust that you've built by being able to have a voice and be free um, by, by constantly reflecting too much? So there's gotta be a balance there in awareness and the freedom to continue to build trust and and these cultures of of confidence and engagement that we work h- on here at global force
1: Agreed. Oh. sorry could i just interrupt Please. so the the other piece of this there's the, the speaking up and and even from where i'm sitting i i think there needs to be distinctions right of of what me too is and what it's not and and there's just too much noise out there now mm. right and too many people coming forward and so what i'm seeing is not just from, you know, now I feel like I can raise my hand. And if I get retaliated against, right, at least I have the media who can have my back. Right. But I'm also hearing, gosh, almost daily from men, right? And we talked about this in the prep session, um, Lori, is going. I can't speak up. I'm worried about giving that performance review. I was sitting in between these two guys on an airplane a few weeks ago and they were both from a wealth management company and they wanted to hire this amazing woman to take care of a particular territory and she just had a baby and they didn't know how to have the conversation of so when when do you think you'll start, right? They were really, really (laughs) nervous and it's stuff Mm. like that but I can't, blame them either no no so you not yeah so it's like that communication piece right really thinking about the words which you know you know from our prep thing Laurie and, and lauren you'll probably get to know if if you you know didn't know already words are a really big deal right because that's what you work backwards from that's right. the strategies And I love that. But on the other side, we also need to give the male leaders, and predominantly most leaders are are male, especially in the higher ranks, the language as well, Mm. and kind of train the women together. I think this is a really exciting tipping point, but I can also see it going south pretty quickly.
0: Interesting. You know, I'm actually OK with men being a little bit nervous for the first time in a long time. They're on notice, and that's not a bad thing. So that's just my perspective. But I love this discussion about language, because I'd like to talk about how leaders can regain trust and how they can form a relationship with their employees again, and I think language, communicating, has got to be part of the solution. What do you think, Lauren?
2: Yeah, I I, I totally agree, and and it's certainly one of the things we're spending some time working on here at Global Force is is taking that language, taking that sentiment, and helping guide people in, in the right way. right? Giving people an opportunity to both reflect, and then maybe some options, some choices, language that wouldn't automatically occur to someone who might be a, a man who might be a little nervous in what to say, suggesting some appropriate language, suggesting what, what is the right semantic way to capture, you know, when are you going to start working, or, or is, is this something that you have in your, in your family plans, and should we make other accommodations? Those kinds of things, I think, are, you know, tools that we can use to help guide the discussion and, and, and the movement in the right way.
0: That's great. Patty, what do you see as a solution for regaining trust within the workforce? It's not dissimilar, right? So so first of all, honesty
1: would be quite nice. No sugarcoating this. It is what it is. Let's talk about where we are. And people need to hear that from their leaders because there's an, just a lack of authenticity um, from leaders on this topic, again, because they're nervous, right? So when Lauren was talking about those tools, that's exactly The right thing to do. Middle managers, that's where the glass ceiling hits. That's who decides, right? Who gets promoted, who stays. People do not leave a company, they leave a boss. So we really have to give them those tools. And I really loved what you said about that because it's in the context of the work that they do Mm. versus separate from. And the word enable, especially around how can leaders gain trust. If I hear one more leader say that women or men need to be empowered, I will punch them in the face, <laughs> right? You don't own my power. It's in my book, in right. my book, Disruptors, that was, was just launched in January. Um, it's not about empowering. You own your power. I'm never going to take it away from you because you never let me, right? Um, and instead, it is about we can enable people to change. We can't empower them to change. And When we enable leaders to change, they enable their people to change. And so there's that. The other piece about language, a lot of the work that I do is in tech, and it's about understanding the language we use, right? There are 150 different unconscious biases that play at our brains at any given time, and our research has found the nine key areas where they matter the most, starting with who applies, right? And it goes all the way to the end of that life cycle mm. to, um, to who leaves and why. And there's all the enterprise data you get from that, right, the, the structure, and, and, and you can imagine what those key points are. So words matter in those cases, right? What you put in a job description matters. How you give a performance review matters. And here's the problem. Women tend to get vague feedback in their performance reviews, right? Mm. The words that would be positive for a man or negative for a woman. That's getting worse now because the men don't have the right language to mm-hmm. use anymore. There's nothing wrong with them, there's nothing wrong with us. That enablement piece is critical. We've got to train them on how we want them to work until it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. We're, we're truly, right now, just because of Me Too, we are addressing something that's been going on, gosh, probably since businesses were in play. So it does take quite a long time to do, and it's our job as leaders to enable that. Mm.
0: Fascinating. I see a role for people going back and hearkening to those days of humanities degrees and really understanding language and how to communicate. We always wondered what someone would do with a degree in English. Now we know it's I to can't. help the workforce, you know, improve and be better. I love that. Yeah. That's, All of a sudden, liberal arts is the thing, right? Totally. Especially in yeah. town, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about recognizing workers and showing appreciation because we have to almost double down on our commitment to the workforce. So in the era of Me Too, are there tactical ways, and maybe Lauren, you can talk about some of your experiences at Global Force, to recognize the workforce and mean it in an authentic way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's at the core of, of what we sort of live and breathe here at GlobalForce. One of the great things about, uh, you know, a, a well-working, well-structured recognition program is just that, right? The amount of recognitions, the kinds of recognitions that they support your cultural values, right? A, a, a company's mission statement or mantra. To the extent that you tie that, your recognition plan to that, that sort of sets the pace and the tone for all of those moments. I think the other thing that you know, we're, we're certainly focusing on here at GlobalForce is to do not only with sentiment analysis and other tools, but to, to sort of reinforce the ability to reflect when those recognition moments are given, why, and make sure that you are tying them to those corporate objectives that, that you're trying to further. That's
0: great. Patty, what's your perspective on some tactical ways to show appreciation? So first, I, I just need to
1: touch on something. And I know it's a really boring podcast when everyone agrees with everybody else, but I can't <laughs> help it. So, so in, in talking about those rules around why do people get recognized, yeah. this is where people fall down. Because if we keep rewarding the old behavior, mm-hmm. we're never going to get the new behavior. So it really is up to HR, um, who does represent the company, mm. to create those reinforcement mechanisms. Stop giving, rewarding people for that old kind of behavior and instead reward them for the inclusive behavior. Have very good guidelines and guardrails around the work, right, that they would do with you and those recognitions. In terms of tactical, there are a few different things that I think are, are quite important on this topic, right? So Lauren had talked about that the enablement piece right the tool piece well we need frequent check-ins on that so some things I would recommend and I see a lot of companies I'm um, going this way and I, I'm sure that that global force does as well is continuance performance mm. right continues instead of that once a year or twice a year please nobody pays attention that long right and you know, what I did and what was important to me 12 months ago doesn't work. So that continuous performance review, checking in and being very specific on almost like an OKR approach, right? The the objectives and key results approach where it's um, what'd you do and, and how'd you do it and what are some ideas, right? So really focusing in on the work and the impact that the person can make. That's when you get engagement and being able to totally practice that on um, on a frequent basis around the words that I use. It starts to train it. The next thing is creating creating that culture where peers are enabled, right? And that's something that that Global Force absolutely helps with, where you create the confines around, um, you know, giving your peer or somebody you worked with who might not necessarily be above you, below you, um, but definitely beside you around the organization, that kind of, you know, pat on the back or the $5 Amazon card or whatever it is. Because inclusion truly is that, right? We shouldn't, care about diversity diversity is numbers what we care about is inclusion so those kinds of things are important um people do like money let's not get away with that by again rewarding the right
0: behavior but i think it's more about those relationships and the frequent feedback that's great. And I know, Lauren, from a perspective on checking in regularly, GlobalForce has a specific product that enables those check-ins. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm glad you said that. I was going to bring that up. It's certainly one of the places that we have recently moved to. Our, our conversations product is, is a real-time performance management um, piece of our solution. It's certainly very complementary to existing recognition programs. What's great about it is it addresses all the things, Patty, you said. it. it, it is not I- it's the antithesis of the one moment in time or the annual performance review. It really encourages, especially tied together with a well-working recognition program, a ha- that's created that that sense of trust in the organization. B to sort of empower folks, uh, and I, I know I'm using your empower <laughs> word, but, but just it, it's more it's more to sort of set the context that this is not a once in in a time thing. It's ongoing and it and it's frequent and it creates a better bond and a better um, ability for communication between managers and, and, and their their direct reports. So. I
1: love that. Um, and, and sorry to, to jump in here, Lori, but Lauren, what you just talked about is critical, right? When we look, it's not just about gender diversity, right? There are so many different our, – our workforce population, right? No one majority waste by 2045, right. five generations in the workforce, blah, blah, blah. We could go on. And the challenge has been companies have been using this kind of performance based to, you know, engagement and pay as a one-size-fits-all. Give me a break, right? So the work that you guys do and that, you know, others do is so important, and that is part of inclusion, not thinking everybody fits this mold and gets rewarded in this way, but instead having other things that are important to the employee or the contractor, because we do have contingent workers, is a big part of our mm-hmm. workforce. It's it's really, really important that leaders understand that.
2: Yeah, I think, and, and just to, to add on to that, within the conversations tool and, and our thought around that is... is is as you said earlier, not only the manager to direct report or the manager to two levels down, but the peer-to-peer feedback and being Mm -hmm. able to have a holistic view of what that person means and their impact over the last two, three, five years to look at a a holistic view of that and really make a decision what the right path forward for them is.
0: And that's an employee experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect.
2: Well thank you both so much
0: for your time today. I'd like just to quickly end by asking you what are a couple of tools or resources that you can potentially offer to help employees or managers really get engaged and have a better language or just a better sense of what's going on within the me too moment. Anything you can offer?
2: Well, of course, I'm going to say the global force tools, right? <laughs> of course, right. A, a well-funded <laughs> recognition program, and, yeah. and certainly un- looking at the conversations option in, as an alternative to uh, performance reviews annually.
0: Great, thank you. This is a
1: pretty heated topic. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, to complement um, the, the tools that you have in place, there are two things very specifically. One, look at the person in the mirror. Because that's where this all starts and stops. And really, you can't recognize your own unconscious bias. So really think about what you have done that day, what decisions you've made, what your thought process is of, and use this thing called a ladder of inference. And that really helps you grow your emotional intelligence you can find it on my website drpattyfletcher.com it's a dr don't worry you don't have to spell out the word doctor and and download it and it really enables you to kind of look through experiences you've had particularly with tipping points where you can take the emotion out of it because you're going to feel attacked you're going to feel slighted right Mm. all of those things and being able to look at it objectively and what you own as part of that process the next time
0: I am so pleased to have had the opportunity today to speak with my guests, Dr. Patty Fletcher and Lauren Zajac, and we'll end today by letting you know that you can see them at Work Human in Austin on April 2nd through 5th. Thank you, ladies. It was great to talk to you. Thank Thanks you so much, Lori. Bye bye. Work Human
1: Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the Work Human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting globalforce.com, and join the Work Human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter and the Work Human Community
0: Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.